Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. And off we go with another day, another 50 cents. It's uh, Bob McCowan. It's John Shannon with you. And our guest today is me. Oh. Yes. Or our guest thank today you. is you. No, thank you for joining us. Well, goodbye. <laughs> World's shortest podcast. Uh, Hi, how are no, you? No, no, you did. That, you was, that was your first invention, the World's Shortest Podcast. That, what was that called? Okay, you got five minutes. Okay, you got five minutes, Bob. And... Um, Tell, tell, tell us the pitfalls of moving. <laughs> well, I think everybody's been through it a few times, and I certainly have. Oh. But if you forget what a colossal hassle it is, be reminded. Whew. It's, it's just, it's all encompassing, you know? You're, every second of your life is, uh, is devoted to, what about this, what about that? Yesterday was part one of moving day. So they picked up all my stuff, and today they're delivering it to the new place. Wow, good. Which is under renovation. The entire main floor is under renovation. So, so, so where is everything stuff, going? Into the basement? Well, the garage or the basement. I, I, I hope mostly the garage. The dilemma with all this, this is partly my stupidity, is that, well, it's mostly my stupidity. I was going to say, I, where's the partly part come in? Well, no, it's mostly. <laughs> maybe entirely was agreeing to start the renovation in the in the middle of a move so now i have a, a crap load of stuff and no place to put it and i'm going to be living in the basement of the new house for at least two months probably three maybe four who knows and surrounded by boxes and the dilemma of course is every box is labeled but what boxes am I going to need over the next two or three months? And what boxes will I not need? Well, well, but did you not do the classic, I should just pack a suitcase for myself as well? Well, no, but I have, I'm staying in this house for the next week. Okay. I essentially now own two houses. Okay. Anyway, more information. Sorry, than you sorry, sorry, sorry for laughing. I just... We, you know, oh, you can laugh all you want. We moved. We moved three times in three years, and vowed never to do it again. And we've it, it, three times in three years was just painful. Oh, that's ridiculous. Yeah, I know. And then, uh, and then, so we've uh, we've been able to avoid it for twenty nine more. So. Well, we'll see what happens with this place. Well, good luck. Uh, Masai Ujiri has uh, come out of his cocoon. Yes. Um, or his dark little closet. And, and uh, decided to finally say something. And uh, we're going to address that. It's just John and I today. We, we have no guest that was willing to put up with Shannon. And so uh, we'll endeavor to find somebody tomorrow. But um, a little bit on Maasai, maybe the Blue Jays, um, NHL putting logos on uniforms. Um, I know John watched the, an episode, his first episode of Hard Knocks. With the yeah, Dallas I watched Cowboys. the whole thing. I watched the whole thing. I watched all of them. 
Oh, you watched all of them? Yeah. All right. Well, we may get into that. I haven't watched the damn thing. Uh, back with the uh, program after these messages. At Granger, we're for the ones who specialize in saving the day and for the ones who've mastered the art of keeping business moving. We offer industrial-grade supplies for every industry with same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders, all backed by real people ready to help so you can get the right answers and products right when you need them. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's McCowan and Shannon. So Masai Ujiri has been, well, he's never been extremely public or verbose. Uh, he used to come on the radio program periodically. Now, we didn't ask him all that often, but he was usually pretty good. Mm-hmm. But he really has gone into hiding the last 18 months. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm not here to question that. That's entirely his decision, his right to do whatever he wants to do. I suspect that some of it had to do with that incident in um, Oakland or San Francisco during the final game of the championship season. But, he, but he, I mean, he was... He was no, but there, innocent, there was litigation, and but they were yeah, but he was he was proved to be proved totally innocent. I understand, but there was litigation, and I and I I think that kind of, you know, he probably got some legal advice, you know, lay low, you know, out of fear of saying something. I mean, this is the same guy that, you know, used a significant profanity in public in the square when they were playing the. Um, Brooklyn Nets. Brooklyn Nets. $25,000 later. Yeah, which was probably cheap. It was a cheap fine, I think. But nonetheless, um, and not because he's had his wrist slapped, but just, you know, I think those around him probably said, look, at, you know, you if you, the more you do, the greater the chance you'll say something you don't want to say. Yeah, that's by the way, I think that statement you just made, Bob, is true for anybody at any point now. And I think that that's one of the reasons why we we do get less public appearances from management guys. I I really do. I mean, because the fear of saying something stupid or even worse, not saying something stupid and yet social media jumping all over you and the world jumping all over you. I think that's what keeps people away from microphones now. Well, maybe. You know, I don't give that much thought because I don't care what people think or what other people say. But yeah, but that's uh, your that this is your this is your your job, your life. Well, I get it, but they. You know, I, I mean, I don't they, care for I lots of if people. If I say something, I really don't care what the reaction yeah, yeah, is. Yeah, but there. But for for lots of people, doing this stuff and doing press conferences is a necessary evil. It's a yeah, necessary I evil, yeah, and I suppose, but yeah. Yeah, so. Anyway, Masai has been uh, um, certainly absent from this podcast and and um, absent from everything, really absent from everything. Yeah, but did, as I said earlier, kind of come out of the cocoon and um, and have a news conference and didn't really explain very much of anything. Well, I, I, I actually went down and, and watched it. Um, I, you know, it was time to, to get out of the uh, get out of suburbia and actually see other people. Uh, and I think that that was the most fascinating thing about this was that everybody was thrilled to be in a public place with other people. Um, the one thing I would say is that about 
it started first of all it started about a half hour late which was stupid um but that uh Masai went up there by himself there was no real formal announcement that and in, in any way that's saying congratulations on your new contract and congratulations on your new position, congratulations on this and congratulations on that. No announcement. Larry Tannenbaum sat in the front row. Dale Lastman sat in the front row. And there was really no acknowledgement that Masai has a new contract. Um, and there was only one microphone and only one chair. And, and, and then Masai... And, and I don't really know the guy, so it's, it's, it's easier for me to, to analyze every word. And, and then Messiah, about three minutes in, said, you know, this really isn't about me. <laughs> well, hold on. Who are we here for then? I mean, this, I don't want this to be about me. And he was very gracious. He thanked his family. He's that kind of guy. Yeah, he was very gracious. But he said, this isn't about me. Wrong. This is all about you, Messiah. 100%. This is all about you and what role you're going to play and how, what you've been through the last little while. And is there going to be some nugget of information that tells us what a vice chairman does or what an all, you know, I mean, and, you know, what your role is and how much, I mean, is, is he on, is he now at a point where he doesn't have to worry about day to day? I don't think that's the way he works, but I, it, it, does this mean Bobby Webster has a bigger job than he used to have? No, I don't think so. Uh, I, well, I, you, you, but, but to me, the, 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 the reverberation of, you know, I, I, this isn't about me <laughs> stuck with me through the whole, whole press conference. <laughs> well, you know, the intriguing thing about the way this whole thing has been set up. And I, I, I want to preface this by saying no disrespect to Webster at all. Who I'm sure is a um, smart guy and does a great job. Um, and if for no other reason, then I don't think Masai would would have him around as his sidekick if he didn't. Having said that, it has always been my observation, assertion, that every single string in this organization is pulled by Masai Ujiri. Mm -hmm. Every trade that is made oh. is effectively done by or at the very least involved um, and approved by Masai Ujiri. Mm -hmm. So while Webster is the general manager, the de facto general manager, it's Masai Ujiri who's, who's responsible for all that stuff. More than, more than a normal president of an organization would be, who would essentially, he has to rubber stamp and approve what the general manager does, but really doesn't get that involved right and see, and, and th that see and shanahan as an example yeah although i i would tell you you're right you're right but at the same time i i think that we've seen this in all of sports is that uh in order to try to keep people involved and keep strong people what what's happened is i actually i think we've seen this in business too uh is that titles now uh have been abused and i don't mean that sure. again they've been abused because really bobby webster isn't the general manager he's the assistant general manager thank you and and uh and and messiah is still the vice chairman <laughs> the president and president and, and general, general manager. manager right yeah. the only guy i will tell you right now the only guy in our time that i think 
calls a spade a shovel in this type of thing is Lou. Lou, Lou just says, no, I want to be the president. I want to be the, I want to be this. And I want to be the general manager. And that way there's no question about the, the line of authority in, in the organization. Um, because as you talked about with Brendan and Kyle, you know, whose team is this? Is it, I think there are days that Brendan wants it to be his team. And I think there are days that Kyle thinks it's his team. I don't get that sense. I mean, you would may know better than I, I get the sense that, that this is Dubas, Kyle's team. This is Dubas's team and, and Shanahan rubber stamps most, if not everything as, as you always do, you, a general manager has to answer to the president. Yeah. But generally, the president stays out of the way of the general manager and his decisions. Well, that, that's I I I I I agree with you, except when Brendan stands up and makes comments, he, and he doesn't make very money anymore because he thinks he, I think he got caught in a couple um, early on, and particularly in the William Nylander negotiation, um, and so that becomes we do we do think that it's Kyle's team. But I don't think there's any question, and this is not a knock at, at, at the way the authority goes with the basketball club, mm-hmm. but this, you're right. This is Masai's team. There's no doubt that this is Masai's well, team. Well, look, at, I, Webster doesn't do anything. I'm quite positive. Webster doesn't do anything without getting Masai's approval. The question I have is, does Masai go to anybody? Does he go to ownership? Does he go to Larry Tannenbaum? I'm guessing he probably doesn't go to Bell and Rogers, but, you know, Larry's around there. Yeah, I well, assume and, and, they have a good it, relationship. I want. I wonder if he needs any of Larry's approval for just general moves of the team. Well, no, but he, when when I worked at MLSE, this the system worked such that you built your business plan, and and albeit this the the company is a much different company now, um, but you built your business plan. You put your you projected your budget. Uh, you went to the board. You outlined your business plan and whether it was Pat Quinn used to try to do it in one page, you know, Glenn Grunwald used to do it in 50. Um, and, uh, and if, and if they, if, if it got approved, then you didn't need to go anywhere else to go to get permission to do other things. It's when you exceeded your plan, when your plan changed, right? you know, so you know, when, when you, when you wanted to spend more money in the budget, then you had budgeted. You'd have to go back to the board for approval to get that. Money. Well, of course, yeah. And that's really the only time uh, in 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 the way the MLSE board used to work. That's that's what happened. So it, there was no ever any question that who was in charge of the hockey club at that point, whether it was Pat Quinn or even for a short period of time John Ferguson, uh, or and and our you know Brian Burke when Brian was in charge there was. Once he got his plan approved, then it was Brian Burke's team to execute the plan. And that's, and that's the same thing with Kyle. I guarantee you that's the same thing with Kyle and Brendan. So before we get off the Maasai conversation, let me ask you this one thing. Um, it seems clear to me that Masai Ujiri, for obvious reasons, has a soft spot for... Um, African players, players who were born there, um, sure, probably started to play there, even if they came to North America and uh, went to went to school in the U.S. He has a soft spot for it. Mm-hmm. 
I'm not in any way critical of uh, the quality of the talent. Um, I'm not, I don't, I'm not sure he gives players preferential treatment. I have no reason to believe he does. I think it is smart to explore and exploit, for lack of a better term, new regions where the game that you're playing is growing, mm -hmm. much as the Blue Jays did with the Dominican Republic sure. in the very early years. Um, they were the, one of the leaders, maybe them and the Dodgers, in, right. in the mining in prospects Dominican. from the Dominican. Mm -hmm. And Masai has certainly been that guy in the NBA when it comes to Africa. But is there too much preference there? Does he go a little too far? Is it more about providing an opportunity for, albeit deserving, young players rather than finding the best player available? Have you given any thought to that? Uh, there's certainly some accent put on uh, all of the programs that have been put in place for uh, African players. Uh, and I, I, I suspect, and, you know, it's funny because now that you mentioned it, even yesterday, uh, even some of the graphics that were used in the press conference area, the giants of Africa was a big part of it, uh, as well. Uh, which obviously and, Messiah is a, a, a major, major player in. Well, and we, and, and you know, and we applaud we, that. We applaud that. We, of course we do. Yeah. Of course we do. So, so the issue becomes in the end, it's not really a problem if you win. It's not, re not, not, and a problem is the wrong word. It's not really an issue if you win. So um, when people started to think that uh, when, when Pascal Siakam, who I think was at New Mexico and then, uh, but came out and, and played and started to learn the game, the NBA game so patiently, um, there was a real, well, it, he's getting better every time. So it's, it, it obviously works. And I, th I think that that's where you have to say, okay, listen, Masai, at a certain point, we trust what you're thinking. We trust what you're doing. Mm -hmm. um, he does have a blank check. He has a blank check right now, but that blank check um, will be removed if the teams doesn't win. And right now he has the ability to do that. The, the other thing I would say is that the, inf I, I think that Masai's influence is, is even in this company, in MLSE, is uh, even beyond the basketball team. Uh, I think his influence. Well, I think culturally, uh, the way he has. Tremendously. And I yeah. think that's, that you, you, you've, you've hit, you've hit the, the key, the key thing is that he has, his belief in, belief in diversity, I think now uh, ripples through the whole organization uh, uh, with all the sports. I think, it, I think it ripples through the organization in the tower. Uh, and I think that that's one of the reasons why, that, uh, why MLSE really believes that it's important to make sure that Maasai State was that he has put them on the cutting edge of what a professional sports organization should look like and act. And I think that's important for what he brings to this organization. I mean, let's face it. He has sat in with the hockey guys on trade deadlines. He has sat in with the hockey guys uh, at free agency 
so they can share information. How do you deal with these things? What is your philosophy? So there, he, his influence is bigger than basketball at MLSE now. I don't, I don't dispute that. I, I, just, I just wonder whether at times um, he... I'm almost reluctant to say this because I don't want it to sound like it's critical. I, I'm asking the question. I'm not making a statement. But is he, does he sometimes give some kind of preference to African-born players and potentially at his own cost? Uh, I, would, I, would, I, I, would, I would frame it another way. Is it perhaps he's ahead of the curve? Well, and I acknowledge that right at the beginning. Perhaps, yeah, perhaps he's ahead of he, the curve. He, he was at the head of the curve. Sure. Or was ahead of the curve. Yeah. As the Blue Jays were with the Dominican players. And really? now... Everybody, everybody is is well, African American well, players. In, in, well, in fact, I, I would say that uh, Masai's influence isn't just at the NBA level. I think Masai's had that influence with uh, African-born players going to colleges in the United States. Oh, I don't think there's any doubt about that. And yeah. and look, we all applaud um, his commitment and his yeah. efforts. Yeah, I mean, it's no a question. fantastic thing. Yeah, it's just. Just thought I'd throw it out there because we have never we have never um, actually discussed this. Uh, is is it possible that sometimes you get narrow vision and you're focused on finding somebody that nobody else knows more than looking at what everybody else thinks? Yeah. And clearly, Masai Ujiri has proven, especially with his drafting, that he does not follow the crowd. He, he almost never takes the guy you think everybody thinks he's going to take. Right. And I don't think that's because he thinks he's smarter. I think it's because he is smarter. Well, and, and, and the other thing is, I think that he's a very pragmatic businessman. You know, he spoke yesterday um, it, it, very eloquently about his relationship with Kyle, uh, with Kyle Lowry, uh, and, and then talked about how he and Kyle had had some great heart-to-heart discussions in Tampa. And, you know, he, he did believe that Kyle wanted to stay, but Kyle wanted to stay um, if they maintain that level of veteran player to continue to win now. Um, and quite obviously, that's not what Masai is interested in. They wanted to get younger. They want to rebuild. He never used the word rebuild. But that's quite frankly where where he sees this organization going, so that it has a long term success rate, as yeah. opposed to just over the next year or two. Well, if Kyle was under contract for two more years, so Masai Ujiri is here for a long time, maybe for life, and um, and yet we don't know how much he's going to make or or how long his contract is. I think it's uh, at least ten plus, right? Years? No, million. million. Yeah, I think it's much higher than that. You do, huh? I think it might be 15. Wow. Well, I think it's plus. 12 for sure. Well, wow. Jackson got 12 with the Knicks, right? Yeah. Now, I don't know what that bar means, but I'm yeah. guessing I'm guessing he's in that range. Wow. Uh, but I don't know. It's a pure guess, John. Uh, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back. Blue Jays, logos, other things. When we continue after these messages. This Valentine's Day, Dunkin's got the perfect pairings to show your love. So get down on one knee with a dozen brownie batter donuts and a cocoa mocha signature latte. Or make them swoon with a strawberry dragon fruit Dunkin' refresher with a Cupid's Choice donut. Are you ready for love? 
America runs on Duncan. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Well, it has been a um, a struggle over the last week for the Toronto Blue Jays. They they go on the road after um, an eleven and two, I think it was homestand, uh, filled with optimism, piss and vinegar. Really, I was going to use that exact phrase. Yeah. Uh, but they come home limping mm-hmm. and having lost ground in the in the race having given up 16 runs in two games to the Washingtons, who essentially waved the white flag three weeks ago. Right. Um, okay, it's a road game. but and, and we're back to exactly where we have been all year. And that is, this team can hit well enough. Their starting pitching, as a general rule, is good enough. Their bullpen is horrific. Mm-hmm. And it... I don't doubt for a second that Ross Atkins and, and Shapiro can see what we see. Of course they can. Just they're not, they can't do anything about it. The inconsistency though, Bob, I mean, like this, this is like running the riding the roller coaster at the CNE though. This is uh, now the, and the other thing is just as an aside, um, you know, when you go to the West coast, you normally come home right away. Give yourself because you know. No, they had to come back and play in Washington. For and they and having to play in Washington. That's what I'm saying. Having to play in Washington rather than coming home. Gosh, you, you know, I know this is a strange year for scheduling, and I know it's a strange year for a team that's had three home stadiums. But that really uh, that threw them. I think threw them for a little bit of a uh, a, a kilter too. Well, it may have. You know, but I mean, look at they gave up 16 runs, and essentially it was the bullpen on both days that blew it. But uh, hold on, could you, we're going to clip that out. <laughs> we're going to clip that out and play that 118 times. <laughs> well, that's the story. That is the story of the season. In it a is the story of the season. But, but I mean, we just went through two days of, uh, of, well, here we go again. Yeah. And there just does not seem to be a way to fix it. Now you've got the other trade deadline coming up. Right. It's more difficult to make deals. Um, you're making them only within your own league without waivers. Right. So you now have half as many teams to deal with, probably a lot less than half as many because you really aren't going to do deals with teams in your own division. So now you got eight or nine other teams that you can talk to. Uh, I don't suspect that we're going to see very much of anything. No. We're certainly not going to find, there's not going to be a savior. And, and this bullpen is so bad right now. They don't well, need one guy. They need five. They I mean, need I, five. The way the game is played today, <laughs> like they yanked, um, who started yesterday? Uh, I forget. Okay. Um, another pitcher taken out with less than 90 pitches at yeah. the end of the fifth inning. Yeah. Well, you, you, you know, Okay, I get that long term. I get the you know analytics stuff, but when you have a bullpen that is as bad as this one is, you can't run out four different. Expect to run out four different pitchers, and think you're, one of them is not going to get bombed. And that's what's happening over and over and over and over again. To me, to me, the the season in a nutshell was Saturday night in Seattle, where hand. Uh, 
bases loaded, four balls, walked in the winning run. That was that was the well, that, to me that was that was it was the season it before. wasn't it wasn't the end of the season, but it was typical but, but of t- what well, has happened. Well, yeah, that, that was if you said if you said give me a snapshot of what's gone right or wrong with the Jays, the wrong picture was Saturday night, in my opinion. Well, I would say to you that it'd be very easy to figure out. You know, we may have a difference of opinion, but the be- if you if I asked you who the best guy out of the bullpen is, <laughs> if I, I asked it. you who the worst guy out of the bullpen is, it might be an eight way tie. You know, but, but it was Barrios, by the way, that started last night. I was Barrio, uh, Barrios. Bar- Barrios, yeah. Yeah. He threw 88 pitches. He's not, he's not 21 years old. I just, I don't understand that. I just don't understand that. Yeah. If you that have, drive, a, if you have a gangbuster bullpen, okay, I could, I could at least accept it. Yeah. But when you got a bunch of guys that bring kerosene to the mound, you know, instead of putting out the fire, they're inflaming it or creating it. They bring matches and kerosene to the mound. Uh, that's a that's a prescription for disaster. Yeah, uh, I want to get to a, um, something else here before we uh, let people go. The National Hockey League apparent is now committed. Yes, to putting advertising logos on uniforms. A year from now. We'll be talking about the introduction for 32 teams of a three and a half by three inch square uh, on the on the show, uh, on the uh, the upper breast of a of the sweater. And which, by for, the way, the NBA has had one of these for two years now. Yeah, I don't think it's years. that big. I think it's no, it's not. No, and, and it's not. And it's not a patch. It's actually, in, you know, right and and uh, part of the logo embossed into the uh, sweater. So the plan is for each individual team to be permitted to sell this. Correct. The space. Yeah. Nobody knows their market. I mean, if the league did it, you, you'd, I don't think you'd get as much money because. What do you guess they're going to get for that? What do you think the Toronto Maple Leafs? And I'm just going to assume that they probably will be at the top of the food chain on this. Yeah. Toronto, Montreal, Rangers, Detroit will be at the top of the yeah, list. Yeah, I was going to say Rangers maybe, but yeah. look, at Toronto will get more than Montreal will. Ooh. They have more eyeballs following them. Um, I think New York might, was prob- will probably be second, but I, I think the Maple Leafs will be So what, if you were running MLSE, which I know you used to do, although you didn't have the title, yeah, that's right. That's good because our our buddy Petty will be phoning and saying, "When did you did did you take my job? You know what happened?" Well, we all know Petty that uh, Shannon ran the place and un, until he just got too annoying and he had to get booted out. Too annoying was right. That's that's the key. Uh, so, what would you charge? What's that well, worth? Me, I don't know. Let me let me just preface it before. So, I, I sat in a board of governors meeting in two thousand and five, uh, and there were thirty teams in the league at that point, and. This topic came up about when are we going to sell sponsorship? And I think it was Charles Wong who was running the Islanders at the time. That makes sense um, that he would bring this up. When are we going to sell? When are we going to sell advertising on the sweaters? And there was a little bit of pushback, but uh, but the commissioner said at that point, he says, you know, we're not there yet. We're not ready yet. But the number that came out at that point, league wide, was we probably need close to 250 to 300 million dollars a year 
So almost 10 million, a 10 team. million a team now, but I actually thought that the league was contemplating doing it for, um, for everyone. But now that the teams are, have been assigned to do it and basically they've given them a year to do their market research, to do their pitches to major sponsors, um, uh, and then unveil it a year from now. You'd have to think that what what occurs in Toronto um, is close to ten to fifteen million dollars. Every game televised, you know, the, the you, every time you have a close-up player, you're going to see you. The uh, that it's a good question that we should have. We not not that it's a full podcast, but if we ever found somebody that there's there are people out there that actually measure signage on uh, visual signage, whether it's in arena or on television. That's how, as you know, Bob, that's how golfers get uh, a lot well, of sure. money. Well, um, and our pal Brian Cooper, uh, you know, right. has been in that business sure. on both sides of it. I mean, yeah. he when he was with MLSE, he, he sold yeah. that kind of stuff. And now he represents clients um, like Scotia, I think, who, um, yeah. who buy that kind of stuff. Right. So the question becomes... Um, uh, what are you going to get? If you're going to get that in Toronto, what are you going to get in Columbus? What are you, what are you going to get in Minnesota? What are you going to get in Arizona where there isn't near the reach media wise, uh, of the team? Well, that, and then, but, but then in the end, it all gets put into hockey related revenue and there's revenue sharing gets split between the players and the owners. Yeah, sure. So it doesn't matter. I, I guess what I'm trying to get at is, is it a, is it a worthwhile endeavor? And, you know, at $10 million a team, and it might be higher than that. Yeah. But it's not going to be much more than higher than much higher than that. What are you giving up? Or are you are you just essentially whoring your product? Well, look at the Premier League. I don't care about another league. No, I'm just saying that I mean the, there are precedents. Well, the, the, the NBA, League. the Premier League, NBA, you know, uh it's the Premier League is nowhere near what other leagues are. Oh no, it's. I mean, it's there are blatant, other leagues. Blatantly, uh, it's blatant. Well, where they're just covered in logos. <laughs> yeah. What, well, European hockey. Is, yeah. Well. Yeah, but that's again that I think that you know that's at a different that's at a different level. Uh, I, th this is one where, you know, by the way, I don't think the NHL would have done this if the NBA NBA hadn't done it first. I think, you know, the fact you're that probably the, right. the NBA going out and doing it and, and, uh, and, and the other thing to, th to know is that uh, the, the little logos of sponsors on the helmets in the NHL that, uh, you know, we, when we had Bill on, he said, yeah, they're probably here to stay. Uh, that, that was a, that's probably a million, that was a million dollars a team at that point. And you have to wonder if it's going to go up uh, per market uh, for the, for the, you know, the foreseeable future. Um, so I, I, listen, if you're, if you, if you believe you're sitting at home and you believe you're a purist in the game and you see a logo for the sake of argument, bell on Montreal Canadians, if you see a logo for bell on Canadians, uh, a, will you stop watching a, will it tick B, will it tick you off? And so if the answer is, well, I, I'm going to continue watching, then there's not a problem. Well, um, obviously, we have to get into a much longer conversation than I'm prepared to today. Yeah.
What, but do you think it doesn't bother you? You're a, you're a, you're a capitalist. It wouldn't bother you, would it? No, it does. Oh, it does. I mean, I, I, there are limitations. Uh, but if I'm, you were a professional golfer, Bob, and I, I, and, and, you know, depends, and, you know, I'll I would, tell you, I, tell I would you sell your, your RBC. You'd have your RBC logo on the shoulder. I don't know how much I get for it. Well, if I, okay. If I mean, I, I, I'd have an RBC logo on me right now. If <laughs> I'd have one. Note to sales department. I'd nope. have it tattooed on my forehead <laughs> if you paid me enough money for it. The question <laughs> is how much. That's right. <laughs> and I think I think $10 million in a league where you're talking well over $100 million a team in, in, uh, in costs hmm. and much more than that in revenue. To add 10%, 5%, 2.5%, depending on the team to put a logo on your uniform. I, I think there's something sacrosanct about that. I, I, it, it, it actually does bug me. Now, if the Toronto Maple Leafs could get a hundred million dollars for some dumbass corporation to put their logo on their uniforms, a hundred million dollars, not I'd a year, say, not a season, not a, a year. Oh, well, a year. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not spending at that money. amount. I would say, okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> because that's, you know, I, I like to use the phrase life-changing money. There are, everybody likes money and everybody wants money. But sometimes you have to say no. Sometimes you have to say, it's not worth it to me right. for that amount. Mm -hmm. For whatever reason. Mm -hmm. Somebody comes along with life-changing money. You have to say yes. It's the reason why I worked at Rogers for as many years as I did, purely and simply. Not because I had a great love affair with any of those characters, although there were many people there I liked. They offered me life-altering money. Yeah. You got to say yes to that. Yeah. yeah. But less than that. So, uh, so I, only, I think $10 million means nothing to the Toronto Maple Leafs, nothing to Maple Leaf Sports but, Entertainment. But it is an insignificant. It's loose change in your pocket. But 300, okay, but, let, but let's say on average $300 million a team. A league, for the league. For the well, league 10 million a team. 10 million a team. So that's more money that you're getting from Turner. That's more money that you're getting from TNT for the season. So it's not, it, a, it's not an either or. It's, it's, no, I'm, what I'm saying is, is that you measure where, you measure where that type of money is in the system. And that's $300 million is a, is a pretty good number for a league wide number. Here's what I know will not happen, but I would like to see happen. I would like to see some team like the Toronto Maple Leafs stand up at the end of this and say, you know what? This franchise has been in existence for almost a hundred years. we're not going to put a logo. We're not going to put advertising on our uniform. Right. We've never had it. Mm -hmm. We don't need the money. It's going to go into a drawer and collect dust. Right. Our heritage, our reputation, our history is more important to us. Everybody else can do what they want to do. Right. We don't object to that. Right. But we are not going to take that money. <laughs> now, the chances of that happening, 
are <laughs> negligible. Yeah. No, they're less than negligible. They are donut, bagel, yeah, borscht, yeah, nothing. Right. Well, if Manchester but, United could do it, hmm? if Manchester United can do it, I'm waiting for that that moment. Yeah. That. If that happens... Oh, they've done it. Manchester United have done it. No, if the Maple Leafs do that, I will stand up and applaud. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, if they I mean, take listen, the money, I, you know, whatever. You know, I, it, we, it, you know, we know what you are. We're just not going to call you that. <laughs> you're just a bunch of greedy bastards. And, and okay, fine. And we get sucked into watching your, your crummy team play. But go ahead, take the money. <laughs> but it, it would really be shockingly nice... <laughs> and it ain't it? gonna happen it if somebody happen. said no you know if it was a hundred million dollars we'd take it because that's life-altering 10 15 to hell with it yeah now well, that's uh that's by the way i i did a a twitter poll yesterday on this very topic and it got probably one of the largest voting more than almost nine thousand votes in in a day uh, and almost sixty percent of people said no, they didn't want them on their on the sweater. Well, of course they don't. Yeah. So why would you want it? No, I don't. And, want it, it. and it, it it offers no competitive advantage either, which is what most fans you know are interested in. Hey, we can buy another player. Well, that well, everybody can buy another the, player. The forty percent that uh, said yes, they said, well, it'll help the cap. I don't. I don't think it's going to help the cap. What do you care what the cap is? Well, what that, does a that, fan that's care another, what the cap is? That's, but you see here, but this this is another story. Oh well, let's not get into this. There's another story between we've we're making too many numbers, analytics and cap stuff, and people don't tell stories about people anymore. So enough. Okay. Uh, the break. We'll wrap it up after these. Oh, no, by the way, uh, somebody's oh, going to phone in. Well, somebody's going to phone and put a logo right on your shoulder there. Depends on how much. That's right. <laughs> Look, John, I never said I couldn't be bought. I oh, just said no. I wasn't cheap. <laughs> Back after these messages. This Valentine's Day, Dunkin's got the perfect pairings to show your love. So get down on one knee with a dozen brownie batter donuts and a cocoa mocha signature latte. Or make them swoon with a strawberry dragon fruit Dunkin' refresher with a Cupid's Choice Donut. Are you ready for love? America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Uh, McCown and Shannon with a quick goodbye here. I want to point out for those that are watching on YouTube or wherever, like I'm in my office still, but it's empty. Yeah. Except the Ohio state Buckeye sign. Just going to mention that. <laughs> well, I have, Oh, wait a sec. I got to go the other way. Oh, I have my Stony Ridge sign still up there too. Yeah. Why well, did, did, did you sell those with the house or something? Or what? No, I'm taking oh. them with me. Eventually <laughs> they'll be at the new joint when I debut there, <laughs> but I couldn't, I couldn't bring the Ohio state sign down. I just thought, I got to leave it up there. Oh, please. I thought it might piss you off. But... No, I don't. Yeah, listen, you know. But you're, you know who it would it, it, piss Morosi, off? Morosi. Morosi. Well, we're going to, he's on next week. So. Oh, is he really? Yeah. So. Well, I'll make, I'll make sure that, uh, that it has prominent mention. That'll be, well, either that or just, you know, stitch it to your shirt. <laughs> now, I actually have something. I have an I have that same logo. Oh, there you go. On a it's a sticker. Put it and on I your shirt it. tomorrow or on next week when Morosi's in. By the way, tomorrow, speaking of making money and professional yeah. sports teams making money. Yeah. Tomorrow we're going to talk to the uh, Canadian member of parliament who oh, 
um, introduced uh, Bill C-218, which is the uh, individual sport gambling bill that will be in uh, put into law. It's amazing how this happens during an election campaign. Put into law uh, on the 28th of August. Kevin Waugh from Saskatoon. I actually dug out the... Uh, I made a presentation to a commission, a federal political commission, 15 years ago, maybe, uh, on the legalization of sports betting. And I actually, by when I was getting ready for the move, I actually found no. the... Um, the PowerPoint presentation? No, it was typed out in a piece of paper. Wow. <coughs> I actually found it. Wow. And it wound up getting put into a box. Well, so you but don't have it for tomorrow? I don't have it for tomorrow. Oh, it's, it's, way to, way it's, to go. It's in one of about 200 boxes that were packed. <laughs> Two trucks. Two trucks? Two trucks. I'm glad you sold the furniture with the house then. You're telling me? Yeah. <laughs> There would have been a train pull up in my, in front of me. Wow. Okay. All right. Let's get out enough of here. of your move. Enough of your move. We'll talk about, uh, maybe we will, maybe we won't hard knocks on another day. I know well, the NFL is not going away, Bob. It's, uh, well, it may not be, but I don't know about the show. <laughs> well, we'll get to that. All right. Um, have a swell day, everybody. And, uh, for uh, Shannon McCowan, we'll see you tomorrow. Goodbye. At Granger, we're for the ones who specialize in saving the day and for the ones who've mastered the art of keeping business moving. We offer industrial-grade supplies for every industry with same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders, all backed by real people ready to help. So you can get the right answers and products right when you need them. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.